Welcome to Gracious Roots Podcast this rainy day um, in Greenville, South Carolina. Due to the good old world pandemic, today's podcast will be recorded by a phone. In this episode, we catch up with one of the hottest musical groups in the U.S., this Asheville, North Carolina-based bluegrass band that somewhat defies genre as they are not afraid to blend in aspects of rock and country. Although Gracious Roots closely follows Town Mountain and other Southern Highland bands, we last caught up with Town Mountain just after an incredible show at Merle Fest where they lit the dance tent ablaze. People were packed in like sardines in a can inside that tent, hot and sweaty, and all around the outside it was packed in like an offensive lineman in an obvious third down pass play. We're fortunate today to have uh, Jesse Langley with us, um, and you'll recognize Jesse from the cool-looking, easy-going, fiery banjo player. Uh, Jesse, thanks so uh, so much for uh, taking out time from your busy schedule and giving us a chance to catch up with Town Mountain and just talk a little music in general. Well, thanks for having me, Scott, and uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thanks. Um, uh, you know, apologies that we can't be uh, live as we usually are, picking a, a venue that we like. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, this COVID thing has is, is kind of put a little crimp in all that. How about for you? Oh, yeah. It, it's um, been a complete game changer for, for anybody, uh, including myself. Um, really kind of thrown, thrown us for a loop. And uh, I guess... You know, my wife, my daughter, and I have just kind of been hanging out at home for the past 10 days, uh, limited, you know, uh, engagement with folks, and um, we're starting to get a little stir-crazy. But fortunately, we have a year-and-a-half-old daughter, and uh, my wife has a profession, and I have a hobby playing banjo, so we can keep ourselves fairly occupied at home. <laughs> right, right. Well, good, you know... It, it, I, I'm, I'm guessing that your uh, your picking is is probably getting a whole lot of attention right now when there's not a whole lot to do. It really is, yeah. Um, it, my wife and I kind of structure our days where we hang out with Adeline in the morning, and then we each take blocks of time. So I, you know, I get these massive blocks of time these days where uh, you know three four hours at a time. If I want, I can focus on music. Uh, so it, it's great and. and yeah, really uh, gives you gives you a lot of room to, you know, break things down musically or work on new tunes or play with a metronome, all those things. Yeah, a lot, lot of that going on right now. Nice, nice. That crazy question just hit me. Your, your, your lovely wife, um, is she a music person herself? Is she a music lover? Oh, she's definitely a music lover, uh, for sure. And she loves uh, bluegrass and the banjo, so that works out good for us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's that's definite boon for you, especially when you're practicing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is there any particular genre that she likes um, as well as bluegrass? Oh yeah, she's she's a very well-rounded um, music lover. She can pull from any genre and you know tell you what she likes and what she doesn't like she's she's definitely she's got an ear for music there's no doubt about that nice well i assumed as much i know um each time you and i've gotten together and had a chance to hang out and and talk a little music um 
it, it's always enjoyable for me because your your knowledge of so many genres and a whole lot of music that I like as well um, has been a lot of fun. And going back into our youth and and on up into current times, that's been enjoyable to talk about and. That's exactly why the podcast is so successful. Is we got so many people that are music freaks like me. So, <laughs> again, uh, thanks for your time. And, and if you had to go back and think of your youngest self, anybody, any band come to mind that you were just heavily following? Yeah. Um... You know, pre-bluegrass, uh, or pre-my exposure to bluegrass and playing the banjo, um, uh, I've, I was, I've been in love with the band Little Feet since I was uh, a kid, and due in part to my dad playing the album Waiting for Columbus all the time. And I remember a period in high school, 14, 15 years old, I just listened to Waiting for Columbus. I listened to it in my childhood and, and then lost it for a couple of years there and, and then kind of refound it again when I was, you know, that sophomore year of high school, perhaps somewhere around there. And I just, I listened to that album so much in that two year span and I still do. So, you know, I was, I was in the little feet a lot when I was a kid, also the Grateful Dead. Um, and then when I was, a you know, when I was about 17 or 18, I started to kind of get exposed to more than, you know, American rock music, which is kind of a, a easy go-to for, uh, for, you know, young people, because uh, there's so much of it. You hear it, and so much of it is familiar. But, uh, you know, I ended up um, finding Old in the Way through Jerry Garcia, uh, which many people can, you know, tell you the same story. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember my first year of college going to the library there and the guy who ran the music section of the library was really knowledgeable about folk music and bluegrass and stuff. So, and they had a pretty good uh, collection of stuff there. So he, I, I was in there all the time and he'd say, listen to this, listen to this. And I was getting exposed to, you know, Django Reinhardt and, um, you know, Count Basie and, uh, Jim Jesse McReynolds and it, it was just it's always been all over the place for me nice nice I, that's interesting because I followed a very similar path where I just wanted to investigate everything jazz blues you name it um, and loved a lot of that so that's good to hear <laughs> uh, it's also you know uh, all, all all music is is fantastic I don't listen to most of it but I think uh, I think it's all good you know and yeah all should be appreciated whether it's your taste or not like um music is good good stuff absolutely and live music even better <laughs> yeah yeah i hope we can get back to that here in the near future right we'll see. so yeah. have, have you guys had to cancel an entire tour or was it just uh, sundry venues that you already were lined up with i mean at the moment um I, I guess we canceled about five weeks of shows. Um, just everything got not not just we as in Town Mountain, but you know, festivals, venues, bands. Everybody was like, "We can't do this." And mostly it was the venues and the festivals who 
were ahead of the curve and say we need to to be part of this part of the solution not the problem yeah thousand people come to your festival it's at in these times that's a scary scenario so and all the bands followed suit unfortunately all the bands you know rely on primarily touring to to get you through so um we're all kind of feeling this hit right now and and i think the next thing that is still technically on the books is sometime in april but um uh I, you know, you just gotta gotta put your shrug your shoulders, put your hands in the air, and say, "Well, it's on the book today, but is it going to be on the book tomorrow?" You know, right? Um, and, and it's really just, I kind of expect um, more calls to come in, especially about festivals where you know maybe smaller venues are going to have their shows because you know they're one hundred, two hundred and fifty person rooms. Um, but you'll see orange peel size venues really like be very cautious about when they open back up. And then festivals are just, uh, I've seen festivals for months from now canceling or at least postponing and, and rebooking. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, the next thing that we have is in April and, and I hope that I hope everything is okay to do the gigs and, uh, if it's not, then we'll reassess it. Right. Yeah. Not. Not much you can do. Right. No. Kind no. Of- and real. And in all honesty, what we are doing, I believe, is the right thing to do, whether it hurts your pocketbook or not. Like, um, it's the it's the things that put people in high concentrations in small areas that could really look. Just look at New York City. Oh, <laughs> good example. You know, it's like. Yeah, good example, exactly. So, uh, I am. It hurts me to not get out there and play music for our fans, and it certainly hurts the pocketbook. But, uh, like I just said, I'd rather be part of the solution than the problem. Right. Well, that's good, and that's good for folks to hear. And I'm actually going to switch gears a little bit just because I know all of us are good. sick. <laughs> Of COVID-19, yes. so yes. we're just going to ignore COVID-19 for the rest of this interview for fun. Um, you mentioned, for instance, Orange Peel, which is a mainstay in the Asheville, North Carolina area, and there's so many venues in that area that are wonderful that I could just rattle off. Um, much like neat places, and last time we, we had a chance to get together, I think I even mentioned I've enjoyed a couple of concerts up in Boone, North Carolina, and just thought that was a wonderful place. And the people really seem to get into it up there. What What are some of your favorite venues? Um, it, within our region, the, the Western North Carolina region, or just generally speaking? Both, I'd say. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, um, we play a lot of great places, you know. Uh, to, to point out a specific venue in Asheville, I, I love the Great Eagle. I've always gone to the Gray Eagle. I've seen way more shows there than I've seen at any other venue in Asheville. Um, there's a there's some nostalgia and sentimentality to that venue. I think it also has a killer schedule. They always have a great mix of music. Um, but you know, Asheville has many other great venues too. Uh, and then you know, we've. You know, traveling around the country, we've we've we always stumble across strange things. Like 
don't want to say strange, but unique. You know, we were to cite something that recently happened. We were in uh, Nelsonville, Ohio, which has the Nelsonville Music Fest, which is a killer festival. But they also have a place there called the uh, Stewart Opera House. Um, And it was just a killer facility. You know, 350 or 450 seats, really nice room, sounded fantastic, great staff, beautiful lobby, really treated us well. Um, and you know, you kind of come across those every once in a while. You're like, oh wow, this is this is really cool. We need to be coming back here. So, and that was like an old, refurbished um, theater, and and you see that a lot these days, where um, you know these theaters kind of sat dormant from 30s or 40s uh, until in the past 20 years or so, and and we've played more than I can count. Where you know people are like, oh look at this facility. Let's get some investors, dump some money into it. People will come, and they're right. They come, and I and I always really enjoy going to those venues as well as festivals. Can't agree more with you about that. I was just to um, go off of that just a little bit. I was in Chicago recently and was just, I'm always, when I'm traveling, if I'm going to have a day or an evening uh, to get out and about, I'll check to see what venues are around and who's playing, right? You never know. And I've had this funny little good luck charm somehow that almost every single time for the last few years, I catch just a fantastic show. And sometimes it's somebody I've never even heard of. I'm like, well, this is the closest one. I'll just go see what's going on. And then I'm blown away by the talent in there. Um, and it was the same. Um, as a matter of fact, a guy I know who's played Grey Eagle um, recently, uh, Bob Mould, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, and I walk into this venue, and I, it was one of those old, super old, 1800s refurbished theaters and was gorgeous. Just unbelievable. They had redone it. And Bob Bolt comes out there with a glass of water and a guitar and speaks a few words. And then two hours later, with sweat just everywhere on the stage, that guy is just hammering his guitar and singing his songs. And I'm thinking, wow, I feel like I should have paid a lot more for this. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know, a lot of those theaters have reasonably priced tickets. Yeah. They get great music, and what they what I've noticed they do is they really get the community engaged in in live performance. Um, you know, you drop the ticket price, or not drop it, but you make it affordable for some locals to come out, and also some people from the you know region to travel into. And um, uh, I, it, I, there's a there's that positive in it too, and people get exposed to stuff that they normally wouldn't get exposed to. Totally agree. Absolutely. Before I forget, let me jump in quickly to Town Mountain specifically. Uh, since we're talking about venues, you cats were uh, on a big old tour here recently. Maybe you want to tell some of the folks about uh, one or two of the really uh, spectacular venues that you played. Yeah, well, you know, we're always on tour, Scott. It's just a <laughs> perpetual tour. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I, I believe you might be referring to uh, a Colorado run we did last fall. Um, You're correct. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, which, which uh, was, was it like a 10-day run that 
led into a performance at Red Rocks with uh, Robert Earl Keane and Tyler Childers. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a that was an amazing experience for sure. You you asked about venues earlier, just a couple minutes ago. Sure, I could have said Red Rocks right out of the gate. I could have dropped Red Rocks name. But no, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it was, that that was it, was it was special. It was fun to be involved in that. And um, you know, Tyler's a good friend of ours, and he's had us on some tours over the past couple of years. And uh, we always enjoy hanging out with him and his band, The Food Stamps. Matter of fact, one of his band members, uh, Jesse Wells. Um, has played several dates with Town Mountain in the past. So, uh, you know, one big family. And, and um, yeah, that was that was amazing. What a venue that is. Right. You know, kind of switch the switch the scales here. And, you know, you talk about a 350-person room, and then you turn around and you talk about a 10,000-seat uh, theater. And, man, um, it, was, it was wild. It was wild. When those lights came on at the end of our set, I saw that, about 80% of those seats were full. I was like, okay, there you go. That's a crowd. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the, I don't know if you've even seen it yet because you were you were playing live. Why would you need to? But the recording live of you guys when Tyler Childers was singing one of his songs you guys were playing, um, and they kept showing the crowd, and it was jam-packed. But not only was it jam-packed, I, I'm not a musician. But I can only imagine that when you've got that many people and the buzz, the electricity is palpable, um, young and old bouncing around, as you'll notice in the video that's on YouTube and graciousroots.net actually is going to throw that up with the podcast so um, our readers and listeners can, can check that out. And the place was, was just electric. Um, with everybody moving and screaming and waving at you guys, and that's got to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely fun. No, I, I've seen the video. We actually uh, the the video that that was put out by Master Swa is the name of the uh, videographer crew. Um, we hired uh, our buddy. He's actually from this neck of the woods, but he lives out in Denver to come and, and film us. So no, we're well aware of that. We, we wanted to capture that whole set. Um, from front to back on video just to to have you know we know it's a special evening and yeah that download video is uh it's really picking up some steam right now yeah i, I hope so because it's it's well worth anybody's time i uh, i shared it with uh my 84 year old father oh right uh, <laughs> who who likes all music but now he grew up in big band and those there's that type of era Right, um, and it was a big, always been a big jazz guy, but he he loves bluegrass. And uh, anyway, he was just amazed, and he, uh, I think the guy mom said he'd watched it like thirty times already. So there you go, you, he's got a new favorite band in town. <laughs> hey, you know, I'll take it. We, you know, ages from ninety nine to one. We're we're happy to have fans, you know. That's funny that uh, you're you're telling me about a eighty some odd year old fan and um, the uh, you know thought of this kid Logan who's seven or eight years old uh, from um, Kentucky 
who uh, is a huge Town Mountain fan, and we got him up a couple months ago. Right after that, as a matter of fact, right after Red Rocks, he got up on stage with us at the station in Nashville and uh, and played a tune with us. One of his favorite songs, Law Dog. So nice. Uh, I, I, I love I love hearing stuff like that. It's great that you can play music, and uh, no matter age, creed, race color religion whatever people can get into it and i really appreciate that uh, nice absolutely i um i have to say i've got to throw out to one of your other fans that i, I see very often my wife works in pediatric surgery and, and has for many years uh, and that's our our connection for you having grown up in maine and um me growing up basically in the Asheville area, but being in your area when she was working at Dartmouth College and then Mass General. Um, so that's how we've had that fun connection. Um, really wish it snowed this winter instead of rain. But anyway, that's another yeah, story. I was, I was hoping for it too, man. <laughs> really wish, uh, wishing it. But uh, one of the surgeons that she works with now in pediatric surgery um, when she found out or she was speaking in surgery with him about, oh, yeah, well, yeah, my husband's a big bluegrass guy, and he couldn't believe it. It's like, really? And we'll, well, tell him that I like Town Mountain, and I'm going to send him something. And what he sent me was Law Dog. <laughs> so I'm going to give Dr. Jimmy Green a little, uh, a little props here right now for you because uh, – He's such a big fan and uh, tells everybody about you guys. And, you know, he's one of the guys in the trenches right now with all that's going on. So, thought yeah, I'd... let's let's keep those people in our thoughts. Exactly. And, and thank you, thank you to, <laughs> to those people, man. Yeah, that's I hope your I hope your wife is fair and OK. She is. Yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, it's it's way worse having to live with me. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> so now I'm, I'm going to throw you a zinger here so get ready just stand by um, what would you say would be I don't know uh, the recipe for Town Mountain's you know meteoric success you guys just seem to be everywhere uh, you know uh, hard work you know it didn't come to us overnight that's for sure. The band wasn't started a year ago, so um, I think you know, you know, outside of the music, because I think music is good and people really dig it, and we've got really good original material. Um, matter of fact, most of what we do is original, and uh, in a genre like bluegrass, it's hard to find. Uh, but you know. I would say a combination of, of yeah, the, the original material, the caliber of musicians in the band, and just putting the rubber to the road and doing it for a long time. And then I, I'm not going to lie, you know, having exposure through Tyler has really helped our numbers and pushed our band into a, um, a group of people, fan base, into a fan base that would typically not find out about us. Uh, so, you know, I call it the Tyler bump. We've definitely got the Tyler bump. Um, uh, it's just, a, you know, it's a factor of a lot of, it's a combination of a lot of factors, you know. Sure, sure. Well, um, again, I know you're, you're terribly busy, but I wanted to finish with 
one more question that I always ask when I'm talking to bands is that uh, anything in the works that we ought to know about? Um, any sort of session time that you guys are getting ready to uh, saddle up with? Um, we don't have anything on the books at the moment, but we're definitely working new material up. Um, however, even us town mount members have kind of stayed away from each other. So we haven't seen those. I haven't seen those guys. We haven't seen each other for a little while. But there is a half of an album of tunes that are kind of ready to go. And then another half that just, you know, we need to iron out in some rehearsals. But uh, that hopefully will happen this this year, you know. Uh, I think, uh, not hopefully. I mean, um, regardless of what happens, I'm sure we'll get into the studio this year. Uh, you know, that's kind of the long term. Short term, hard to say exactly. I wish I could say come see us near a town uh, near you, but uh, who knows. But in the short term, you could check out our social media pages. And I, I think today there was a first post from us about, I think uh, it's called what in the world is Town Mountain doing or something. So we're all going to start to contribute some videos um, musically, you know, something musically on our uh, on our social pages and be able to uh, kind of tap into that and see what's going on in the immediate future. Fantastic. Well, that's, that's wonderful, and I'm glad you put that out there for our listeners because uh, if there's one good thing about them, they're good at sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for uh, giving me a little time on this rainy day and uh, helping with the cabin fever. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to talk to somebody. <laughs> That's, I totally know what you mean. Yep. All right, brother. Thanks again. Say hello to the rest of the fellows for us, and uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, Scott. Thank you. Okay, bye now.